Welcome to podcast number 23, Happiness, Finding It, and Keeping It. Now, I haven't said this in a while, uh, but this podcast is not an official podcast of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am a member of the church, I'm a member in good standing, but uh, again, the information here is mine and mine alone. Now, whether or not we really know it, we spend a great deal of time in our lives looking for happiness. I know that I did, especially when I was dealing with bipolarity, and more especially when I was inside of a deep depression. I wanted out of the dark hole I was in, and the outside of that dark hole was happiness, or at the minimum, the absence of misery. I'm not sure that the absence of misery qualifies as happiness, but maybe sometimes. I think that bipolarity made me focus more often on the goal of happiness and obtaining a type of peace in my life. I was certainly tired of rolling through the rivers of emotion. At times, I just wanted a stretch of life's river to be calm and passive. I just wanted to float along without having to deal with Category 4 rapids and the life-or-death struggle of emotional incapacitation. Happiness is an interesting subject, and I suppose if you really browse through most of the litany of literature produced in today's world, you would find that most of the plots, subplots, plans, and characters boil down to happiness. The struggle for happiness is real, whether you admit to it or not in your life. If you deal with depression and bipolarity, I think that it more often comes sharply into focus as you spend so much time just fighting to find a little bit of peace and joy in your life. Now, I suppose that you can find all types of philosophies, theories, religious principles, and ideas that promote a method of happiness, from finding yourself to finding yourself in others, finding your inner peace, finding what drives you, finding your out-of-the-box dimension. It just seems to be quite a bit of finding out there. All that finding does seem to lead to quite a bit of confusion. The difficulty becomes even greater when your body seems to work against that type of finding. Now, in a depression, whether that is no desire to find, finding only emotional pain and misery, that inner voice telling you that you're never going to find it, or in the case of bipolarity, mania, finding it in everything, the reality is that there really doesn't seem to be out there an exact definition of happiness or joy that you can look to and say, that is it. That is what I am looking for. How do you even know when you found it? Now, being that I can't remember any time when I didn't have bipolarity, I'm not sure that I ever really knew what I was looking for when I wanted to be happy, except for out of misery. And talking with many people, both who have the illness and who do not about the topic, I am not so sure that there are very many people who know when they have found it. Happiness and joy seem to be, in our culture, as elusive as the four-leaf clover. You think that you found it, over and over again, but always seems to turn out to have three leaves. And now that I've been on the other side of bipolarity for about a decade, I've pondered a great deal about the subject and what it means to be happy, to have joy, to have peace. And because of my experiences with my body and this rampant chemistry of mental illness, I learned a few things about emotions in the body. The first is, is that physical chemistry of the body is extremely powerful. I am sure that is not news to anyone who has lived in this world. That chemistry can and does cause a significant amount of the emotion that we feel. I know that it can be accelerated, altered, or tamed by medicines and other substances, both legal and illegal, put into the body. So it 
that chemistry can be controlled in certain ways, even including spirituality. It can be influenced by external experiences such as movies, sunshine, water, and almost every substance in the environment. This also can be influenced by relationships, both good and bad. In other words, our body chemistry has a great deal to do with our emotional state and is influenced by a number of things. The external influences we allow into our bodies and allow influence over this chemistry is going to be a determining factor in our happiness, whether we like it or not. However, that is not the only factor. Our spirit has the, also has the capacity to control this body chemistry in many ways. The external influences we allow into our bodies, minds, and hearts, spiritually, also have control over the, our spiritual natures, and ultimately this same chemistry. So being members of the church and adhering to a set of religious moral principles seems to activate the spiritual influence over the chemistry. Now, the amount of determination and adherence does seem to make a difference in the overall result. Haphazardness, however, doesn't seem to produce any measure of control or any real lasting happiness. Now, although I don't believe that the chemistry of the body is the absolute overriding determining factor in our happiness, I have known many individuals who've sought out a more physical, chemical happiness that haven't been very happy. I will admit they might have seemed satisfied, maybe even happy or fulfilled, but it always seemed temporary, and the individual must return to the same well over and over again, and eventually it requires more and more effort to obtain the same happiness and satisfaction. Now, I would label this type of a happiness or fulfillment as pleasure, not true happiness. While the chemistry of the body seems to provide for a measure of happiness, it does appear to be temporary in nature. And seeking external stimuli does not provide for any real consistent joy and happiness. Although external stimuli can be a portion of a person's happiness, it cannot amount to a stabilizing force that we call lasting joy, happiness, or peace. From experiences, my own and others, chasing the external stimuli can lead to great unhappiness. I don't think that I would consider anyone chained to drugs, alcohol, abusive relationships, an adrenaline junkie happy. I believe that we can chase these external stimuli far too much in any direction, and that includes any type of hobby, any type of experience that we love, and fulfillment, and so forth. It can be found in worshiping even ideals such as politics, a position, power, employment, raises, and so forth. External stimuli in almost every form taken beyond the happiness support role to a happiness foundational role in one's life simply will not equate to joy and happiness. Now, I do admit these individuals seem happy at times, and I don't doubt that in the moment they are. But happiness seems to be more short-lived, and they spend a great deal more time chasing the happiness rather than actually being happy. I do believe that the chemistry, our body chemistry, does need to remain reasonably stable for happiness to remain. I don't remember much happiness in the change of depression or even in my highs of mania. I believe that the mood chemistry of the body needs to maintain reasonably consistent natures and patterns that are healthy to the body, soul, and mind. I have no doubt much of the self-help literature is looking for the same thing, but more often than not, they go about it without any of the spiritual concerns. 
that we do uh, as members of the church. They do so without understanding the very foundations and purposes of life that we understand. It is far easier to find purpose when you understand that this life is a small portion of a much longer pathway, that there is a Savior, and that there is a Father in Heaven who's guiding and directing our pathways. So what is it now that we are searching for in our lives that we define as happiness or joy? And then how do we find it even in the midst of mental illness? I have even asked myself if happiness can be found in mental illness. I think that the first thing that I needed to understand about happiness is that I shouldn't contain it to a set of feel-good moments. That I was either happy or I was not. I don't believe happiness is a binary light switch. I don't think that we should be taking our happiness temperatures all of the time. I now look at happiness as more of a continuum, meaning that happiness comes in various levels and intensities based on a number of external and internal factors in the body, mind, and soul that we have significant control. We get to experience some very good moments when the needle registers all the way to the right on the happiness meter. But for the most part, we're going to bounce a little lower than these exceptional moments. For instance, I have experienced those moments probably like you in a variety of circumstances. For instance, when my child were born um, and some very personal spiritual experiences. And I guess other moments where the chemistry, spirituality, and life have aligned to provide a profound moment of joy. These moments often involve very intense emotions. Sometimes they include tears. Sometimes they include intense uh, shaking variety of things that happen in these moments that are physical reactions to the moment and to the emotion. Now, I believe that this is happiness, but not a happiness that is maintained. I don't believe that this type of exceptional happiness, high, for the lack of a better word, is something that we can or should maintain. Our bodies are not simply built for it. Most of us feel a letdown, a tiredness, or other type of you know, exhaustion after these moments. So we fall back on the happiness meter. Our bodies are built for a different type of consistent happiness and one that probably is better described as peace rather than what we feel in those exceptional moments. Now, I spent a great deal of time looking for happiness as that emotional state that I could never quite seem to find, except for in those exceptional moments. Now, I believe that part of my problem was understanding and defining what it was to be happy. I don't think that we talk about what it should be like or feel like enough. I know that depression taught me a great deal about misery, in a sense, what it was to be happy. Although I probably couldn't see that at the time. I think that we chase these emotional highs of new relationships, moments of intense pleasure, moments of great excitement, and so many other things, thinking that happiness is found there only to find a temporary moment or moments and a memory that we then use to chase it all over again. I believe that those moments can be part of our happiness for certain, but they cannot exist on their own as happiness. These types of intense moments or pleasure can be a part of our happiness, but it cannot be happiness. So then what is it that we are desire and we chase? When I was miserable and depressed, I simply wanted it to end. I wanted to be out of it. I didn't so want much the high of pleasure as I desired peace and contentment in my life. I wanted the darkness lifted and simply some light back in my life. Light meaning meaning to the life, desire, motivation, understanding, love, 
peace. Now, I would definitely take what I could get, and sometimes pleasure is a substitute for happiness, but that only produces a greater pain in the end when the high leaves us and the chemistry of depression replaces it. So when I think of happiness, I don't think of it as one type of emotional experience or an emotional high or a place of arrival where I am happy. I think of it as a continuous experience where I'm on the side of the meter where happiness exists or peace exists. Sometimes the feelings are more intense than others, but happiness is not a specific intensity, but the overall feelings of well-being. In other words, I, like perhaps many of you, have probably experienced happiness far more often in my life than I would have recognized it as happiness. My greatest problem was taking my happiness temperature and comparing it to those moments of intense happiness and saying that my current mood just didn't measure up. I was certainly on the right side of the meter, even if the intensity was not as high as in some of my more poignant memories. Now, when you consider the side of happiness, peace is something that we definitely, well, we consider the spiritual side of happiness, peace is something we definitely desire. But I believe that peace also exists on a continuum. You don't always feel it the same intensity. This doesn't mean that you aren't feeling peace, that you aren't at peace. You simply don't feel it as intensely. Now, when the meter, now when the meter's needle starts to lean towards the middle, and you begin to feel une- uneasy feelings of both peace and unhappiness, this is probably the warning side of happiness. It simply means that you're drifting towards the side of misery and unhappiness. And that things are going to need to change, or if you want to remain on that side of the meter. And I realize this is the same thing also as moving into a depression. And we can do everything in our power to do so, but this life wasn't always meant to be on the happy side. We must experience pain, misery, discontent, unhappiness, and yes, depression. Why? Because it gives our happiness greater meaning and understanding. Now, I know that would be difficult to understand that you need misery to know true happiness. But my experience is that people who have experienced the most pain and suffering and depression are often some of the happiest, most content people I know. Their suffering has allowed peace to become more meaningful. And in turn, they are more grateful for peace at whatever level of intensity it comes and that they do experience. They simply understand what it means to be at peace and happy. happy. So hopefully, short periods of time, or short periods of time, we'll be given moments of despair, grief, pain, suffering, and misery. If not for the purpose of experience and how we can use it to help others, to help us understand what happiness and peace are and where they live. Now, I realize that when we discuss depression, happiness is not one of those ideas we associate with it. I will admit that very rarely could I feel peace or joy during my bouts of darkness and depression. I have discussed the idea of being unable to even really feel the spirit of the Lord and hear its messages during depression. I know that individuals who have passed through these experiences cherish moments of happiness and joy far more than others. Now, I don't understand exactly why we have to suffer so much to understand happiness at a deep level, but it seems we learn happiness through misery and most often in that way. To have it removed gives us a good understanding of what it is. With mental illness, happiness is going to be something perhaps different from what a normal person might experience. I think that it would have have helped me to better understand the illness, to know that I could at times still experience a measure of happiness or peace, 
but it wasn't going to be the kind that everyone talks about, those extreme moments in time. It's going to be rare to have those moments of profound happiness, and they are meant to be rare. And to find that energetic, dynamic happiness that we see so often as true happiness. It is going to be difficult, even in a depression, to find consistent happiness and peace. The body chemistry probably is not going to allow that to occur. But we can experience a measure of happiness with the disease as we work towards healing and management of the symptoms. When I take my medications regularly, reduce my stress as much as possible, eat right, and do those things I should be doing spiritually, I do find more moments, and I did find more moments of peace than I would otherwise. Did I all of a sudden want to go out and save the world? No, of course not. But I think I would have, well, I think that I would often find that a measure of happiness meted out to me, but I don't think that I considered it happiness. I think that if I'd been looking for happiness, I did have, rather than comparing that to the happiness of those moments in time, I would have found that I was probably happy or at peace more often than I really was. Just because my happiness didn't measure up to others or to those extreme moments of happiness doesn't mean that I didn't possess it. It just meant that I was perhaps not, that the happiness was not as intense or it was even differently expressed. I guess my overall message today is that happiness is not one state of emotional experiential high that everyone is working to find. You can be happy and happiness exists on a variety of levels and a variety of intensities. And it's important that you understand, especially when we have a mental illness, that happiness can be different, but it doesn't make it any less happiness or peace. So what can you do to obtain a measure of this happiness? Now, I think I've spoken of it all along and I'm more, especially in the episodes of how can I help or how can you help in a variety of episodes throughout. You're going to need to get the chemistry right. That means eat right, sleep enough, maintain a healthy body. And then you're also going to have to get that chemistry right by feeding your spiritual side, by studying, attending to meetings when they come available, searching for the spirit as best you can, and continuing to fight for it without exhausting your body. Remember not to run faster than you have the strength. Understand that some measure of peace is happiness. Some measure of desire to go out and do is happiness. You don't have to be completely healed to be happy in many ways. Now, if you can see that happiness, you do have it. Now, if you can see that happiness, you do have it, will have a greater and more positive impact on your life. I am not saying that it is going to be easy. I am not saying that you won't have bad days or even many bad days. But I can say that recognizing measured happiness can be a vital link to improving your life with mental illness and of those around you. Now that's all for today, but may the Lord continue to bless you with this, this happiness and peace. And as always, remember that the Lord requires the fight, and then he can do the rest. Now, until next time. Now, and I know sometimes I don't talk about what our next episode will be, or my next episode will be, but my next episode will be um, counseling and therapy, and I'm titling it The Brain Trainers. And I hope to have that up for you in about a week. We'll talk to you then.